Oh, here we are. This is Entertainment Entertainment, the entertaining podcast with the entertaining conversation about entertainment. Yep. With entertaining comedians Justin Angermeyer and Caitlin McKee. I'm Justin Angermeyer. I'm Caitlin McKee. This is a little Depeche Mode. Personal. Jesus. Yeah. I, was, I was telling you before the podcast, I only knew the Marilyn Manson uh, version of this. I mean, that's valid. That's and cool. uh, it kind of blew my mind when cause you, you said we were, we were discussing the music choice for the podcast, uh-huh. and she said Personal Jesus, right. Depeche Mode, and I was like, I don't know what that is. And then I played it, and I was like, oh, this song. Yeah. So there's a nice little anecdote up top about my experiences with Personal Jesus. Well, now we're all educated on Justin's uh, musical uh, landscape, what's going on in his head music-wise with the song Personal Jesus. Yes. So thanks so much for listening. That's the end of the podcast. Just <laughs> yeah, no, that would be a good episode, I think. Uh, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're playing Personal Jesus because uh, we got some some news coming out of uh, the world of Catholicism. Catholicism and Hollywood are having a moment. They are having a moment. They really are. Eat so. your heart out Scientology. Catholicism is coming for it. I know. It's like, didn't the Gold... So the Golden Globes just happened like two nights ago. Yes. And like, you know, everyone's talking about how Joe Coy had a bad the set. The worst comedian ever. Oh my God, Joe Coy. He's... Then, and then he's going to literally like sell out. He's like, the next night he's at Madison Square Garden. Like, he's fine. Like, he's literally he, uh, like, Yeah, I mean, yeah. He might as well have just gotten slapped by Will Smith. Yeah, That's like kind this of, is, yeah. everyone knows who he is now. He's huge. Anyway, yeah. but I feel like the other joke of the night was Jim Gaffigan calling Hollywood pedophiles, yeah. right? Didn't he do that? And he did. But, but now, like, literally other Hollywood celebrities are joining the church of the most well-known pedophiles, the Catholic church. Yes. It's like celebrity. It's like certain celebrities are like, oh, yeah, you call me a pedophile? Watch me. I'm going to go get com- confirmed in the Catholic church. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? what Shia like, LaBeouf yeah. just did. He just got confirmed. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's your first thought is immediately anyone who in 2024 – not even the. I'm not even talking about people who are just like getting into their faith and and, and believing or whatever. Yeah. But like someone who's like, he's he's trying to become a deacon. Like he is like yeah. like it just makes you think pedophile. It's, it just that's just where you go with it in your head. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. So he so Shia LaBeouf, um, he was born in the Jewish faith. But he became a Christian man while filming the movie Fury with Brad Pitt, who he said, who he said um, helped him on this religious journey. And we're not surprised because we, we talked all know, about... Yeah, we all know the spiritual journey of Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt very grew up religious and now he makes a... Um, he's used his kind of religious background <laughs> to create God's True Cashmere, a cashmere line that um, creates transcendent cashmere. So obviously religion, organized it's religion... Really improves your life, you know. It really, it really does. It, it gets you into some divine cashmere. There you go. And you're making money on people who want to look good. Yeah. Uh, in your cashmere shirt. That is some transcendent cashmere. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Then he fu- so he fully entered the church this past weekend. Shia LaBeouf, um, receiving the sacrament of confirmation. Um, Pictures of him just looking like a little boy. He just oh, looks really? like a little boy see. in robes. Oh my god, that's funny. Okay, so yeah, it's 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 Hollywood, it's fashion, it's Catholicism. There's robes involved, um, but yeah, it's you. So I guess with the deacon thing, because I was thinking like, is this a whole like? Because I think he's had some kind of like sexual assault or sexual. Yeah, I think his ex girlfriend. Um, there was some. There was some allegations yeah, made. I think Mia Goth, who I'm not sure if he's 
um, I know they were like married, but it's it's unclear if they're like actually like married by the ch- like an actual con like a real marriage contract, or they just did like a Jen Aniston, Justin Theroux thing where they like said they're married, and you know mm. what I mean. I don't know. God, if I a- forgot about that with Jen Aniston and Justin Theroux. Yeah, and then someone died on their um. They're they're like <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Really this dark. is horrible. Really yeah. dark. Justin Theroux, Jennifer Aniston. Quick side note: they got married and then had all their like famous friends like party in the I think Mexico, and then this poor Hollywood assistant wound up. Dead. It's dead, like dead, this dead. is where Mike White got the idea for White Lotus. Seriously, it has very, to be. That's a it has really to good be. Point. It has wow. to be. That's where White good, Lotus. Good so point, Justin. So we we respect the dead, and thank you for getting us White Lotus out of that. Yeah, we respect the dead. Sure. Um, but anyway, so the Deacon <laughs> thing, I was like, okay, so is this him trying to be like? I can't, this is a reformed man who's now taking a vow of celibacy, because if you are not married in the Catholic Church at the time when you become a deacon, you do take a vow of celibacy. But if you are married when you become a deacon, then you're allowed to have sex with your partner. partner. So mm. weird. Like, how does that even What's make... What's the difference? I yeah, no like, well, like, if it's just about being with your partner, like, why can't you just meet a wife and then have sex with her? Because... If you, that's crazy. Because, well, I know you're... It's about giving yourself up to God, I guess. But <laughs> it's definitely about uh, God and not control. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah the Catholic we, Church is all about. Anyway, if, if our two listeners are are Catholic, we apologize. Uh, sorry, we're not. We're not. Uh, you know, making fun of people who actually have religious faith. That's what I was saying. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say before. We're making fun of the, like... the, the pageantry of celebrities and, and this kind of like it's almost like when a celebrity you know uh, publicizes their conversion to religion. It's like they're only fans. It's the same thing. You know, I, mean, I yeah. don't. It's a, it's all publicity, so like, please know is, that that's our angle. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you know, I I'd go to a Shia LaBeouf De- Deacon Shia Shia LaBeouf sermon just to see what he's. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Bishop Robert Barron of the Winona Rochester uh, Diocese in Minnesota uh, okay. described LaBeouf's conversion as quote a testament to God's grace and quote. Uh, so God shall take this former child star who's had some run-ins with the law over the last few years and forgive him and show him the way to uh, salvation. Uh, and that's some good news for Shia LaBeouf. Wow, yeah. So, that's, uh... so way to go. Good news Shia, from Shia, for Shia LaBeouf from Bishop Robert Barron. Wow, good. Yeah, good to hear from It's always good to hear from Bishop Robert Barron from the Midwest. <laughs> and this was a you testament know? to God's grace. Yeah, definitely. That he has accepted. Uh, this former child star who uh, got arrested for public intoxication in 2017. I mean, that's the least of Shia's, like... <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the most tame. And, and that's the thing, too. It's like, is this a performance art piece? Because he he also is one of those kind of, like, weird or rare uh, celebrities who also considers themselves to have, like, an art practice. He, um, I did some research... He's probably the best artist of the 2010s. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'd say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. um, so in early 2004, LaBeouf began collaborating with British artist and author of the Metamodernist Manifesto, Luke Turner, and Finnish artist, not, I can't say this the name because I'm going to butcher it and upset, you know, I'm sure our two listeners, one of them is probably Finnish and I don't want to upset them. So I'm not going to say this name of this other we Finnish artist. We do have a big artist. reach in the Finnish huge, community. We are, we, are, we are big in Nordic countries yeah. and their ancestors in so, general. So, yeah, please, please, uh, you know, let us know, our Finnish listeners, how I, how I would have mis- mispronounced this name. Anyway, so he joined this um, trio of performance artists and they embarked on a series of actions described as a multi-platform meditation on celebrity and vulnerability wow. um so this was a series of actions 
Yes. Meditations, Justin. They're meditations on celebrity and vulnerability. Meditation is an action on helping yourself. That's so, true. So that is true. That's true. And um, so they've they've engaged in numerous high-profile performance art projects, including hashtag I am sorry in 2014, hashtag all my movies in 2015, hashtag touch my soul 2015, and hashtag take me anywhere 2016. And then he will not divide us from 2017 until wow. 2021. And I, I went a little deep with this meta-modernist manifesto because I was okay. just like, what is... Like, anytime someone writes a manifesto, I'm like, are you a fascist? Because, like, the... I mean, sorry. <laughs> like, the only manifesto, like, the Futurist Manifesto was written in Italy. Like, yeah, it, who, it was a, outside of fascist leaders and school shooters, who has manifestos? Yeah, yeah. Real, I mean, really, who even makes that? But in the art world, I think the Futurist, the Futurist Manifesto, it, it was during, like, fa- like the rise of fascism in, in Italy, I think. So that's why I'm like, if you write a manifesto, are you a fascist? Okay. So this is... Now, I, I checked I out the that. manifesto, and there were eight points of this manifesto so like you know for the metamodernist okay. manifesto that he's involved with this was point eight i'm just gonna read it if that's okay let's get right to the end okay yeah that's because it was the only like yeah. there, it's so much there's so many words i mean the, whoever wrote this i think luke turner he clearly just like he's like boy do i like fancy words oh my god <laughs> let me tell you this is an educated man we're talking about oh here. yeah um so he, this was this is the last point of the manifesto the eighth eight out of eight um, it says, we propose a pragmatic romanticism unhindered by ideological anchorage. Thus, metamodernism shall be defined by the mercurial condition between and beyond irony and sincerity, naivete and knowingness, relativism and truth, optimism and doubt, in pursuit of polarity, <laughs> sorry, in pursuit of polarity. Pula- God damn it, wow. I can't talk. Okay. In pursuit of polarity, pool, can I? Is plur, I? Plur, I'm having plural, a stroke. Plurality. Plurality. I believe plurality is what we're looking for. Here. You know, it's hard to make fun of Shia LaBeouf when you're having a stroke trying to say the word plurality. <laughs> anyway, okay. In pursuit of plurality of a disparate and elusive horizons, we must go forth and oscillate. Exclamation point. Wow. <laughs> we must go forth and oscillate. Yeah. This is white noise to me. I, I tuned down two sentences in. Yeah. I don't I, even know what this any of this means. I don't care what any of this means. Right. And then and then Wikipedia sums up all their bullshit by just saying their performance art explores connection, emotion, and collaboration ac- across digital and physical platforms. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm, that is I mean, what it. That's that was my thoughts exactly. I, I definitely spark notes on this. Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember his all my movies. That's where he like invited people to watch all literally all of his movies in with a theater him for like seventy two straight hours. He sat in a theater and streamed it. Crazy. I mean, I kind of like. I that love one. that. Yeah, I, I love it. I remember when that happened. This was like Shia Buff was having a big moment at this point. Yeah, because it was right around the same time he did his like just do it videos, which I watched oh, today. I don't. Do, I don't remember that. He's like just do. It. Oh my god! Do it. They're like they're they're the greatest things that came out of the comedy boom of the 2010s. I think they're so good. Uh, And I was like, if he, it's it's just one video. I'm just calling it there, but it's just one video. Yeah. And I'm like, if he just goes and like gives sermon, that's where I was like, I'd go see Deacon. Yeah. Because it literally is like he's preaching. Yeah. And then he does this weird pose at the end where he like kind of flexes silently. It's very strange. Interesting choice. Um, uh, yeah, best thing to come out of the comedy boom. Uh, I really, really liked that. So he was like on the top of his game at this at this time. It's I also think. interesting too because his dad was a, com- a comedy store comedian, and like he grew up, yeah. he grew up like going to the comedy store with his dad. I think his dad was like a, not a great, not, a great, not an easy yeah. dad to have. It yeah, sounds like, yeah. um, but yeah, his dad was like a comedy store like comedian. Wow. Um, so he he grew up like 
I don't know. I've heard wow. stories of him like just sleeping at the comedy store while his dad was there. Like, yeah. So he. he God, yeah. I wonder is like, well, yeah, well, what his relationship to Paulie Shore is like. That's a good question. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, and then I also remember the He Will Not Divide Us. That was like where they put a camera. It was so. God, yeah, what was this it, one? This one I don't think was there. I don't think this was Metamodernist's greatest collaboration. <laughs> um, go forth and oscillate. But this project didn't go forth and oscillate the most successfully. Um, it was a camera, and they, they had one outside the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens. Like, okay. um, And it was just a camera with the hashtag, he will not divide us. That's what I remember. But I think people were literally fighting. Like, they were literally, like, going there and, like, having fist fights and stuff. You know, it was just a recording. Was that part of the performance art? No, I don't like, think so. Oh. I think it was, like, causing kind of, like, violence and stuff to happen at the museum. So the museum was like... How? I think because it was like, he will not divide us. It was an anti kind of. Was it about Trump? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. It's okay. 2017. So it was like the uh, year. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. This is right after Trump took office. Okay. Yeah. And I, I remember hearing like it was just causing too much commotion. And then the museum was like, we can't have people getting like beat up. Uh, at so that's a liability. It is a liability uh, <laughs> issue. Yeah. A security then, concern. Yeah. And then they were like, the the collective, the Metamodernist collective wrote that the museum like doesn't doesn't uh, honor the artist and isn't supporting the artist's intention. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like, well... So you're having crazy people on the streets of New York fight each other. This I is, think this has to end. It's maybe over. the artists need to rethink the execution of the piece. Maybe yeah. it's just not working. Um, we're anyway. oscillating and moving backward, I think. <laughs> yes. I think that's what we're doing with, with that with that one. Yeah. But, um, sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I, he, he kind of reminds me of, like, I also feel like no one talks about Macaulay Culkin's art. He was in a he was in a collective too, a painting wow. collective. I don't know the name of the painting collective, but the paintings aren't bad. They're kind of like James Ensory, like fig, like sketchy figures and stuff. And then he was also in a cover band called um, it was called Macaulay Culkin or Macaulay Culkin. Okay. Yeah, it was called Pizza Underground, and it was a Velvet Underground cover band with pizza theme covers. I mean, that's kind of it's, it's, it's obnoxious, an- but it's kind of funny, I guess, for like a you know an angsty like. 20s you're in your 20s I mean, trying to it, do stuff it makes sense that's what macaulay culkin would be doing right in, in his 20s for sure yeah but i i feel like a, there's a little connection I would not between attend a pizza, i would not attend a pizza underground show i don't think I, uh, I think things got like i was reading like i think people were like throwing shit at them and like macaulay got really upset at one show and like oh, i think it was God. like yeah i think it was <laughs> it's, it's, dramatic um, live performance is very difficult yeah it's even, a hard thing i respect anyone who gets up there and does it so. right even if it's just kind of a silly idea you think people would be chill just hearing like i don't know all, we'll do, all tomorrow's we'll do, pizza we'll do yeah we'll do wacky uh yeah wacky lou reed pizza songs yeah. and then now people are throwing beer bottles at you it's dangerous yeah um but yeah i don't know I, I feel like there's a connection between like child star actor then gets into like weird performance art projects um but but shia unfortunately well not unfortunately probably he needs religion he's taking it to the to the deacon level yeah he does seem um, like he's on a quest here yeah. uh yeah i read that a lot of his inspiration i guess was he played uh there was that movie padre P- pio padre pio okay it was about this like saint uh mm. i guess i think he was a priest in uh i want to say brazil maybe i, I forget someone latin oh. Amer- he's a latin american priest who was sainted mm. by one of the popes mm. and they did a movie and like i think around this time 2017 2018 ish uh mm. and he played padre pio and that led him towards catholicism it's interesting, yeah. I guess like two of his movie roles have been leading him toward yeah. Hollis. God, it's just so funny too. If you because I grew up going to church and I couldn't get out of that church fast enough. You couldn't. You can't. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't get me back in one of those churches. Like, oh, God. Yeah. No, thank you. I did, like, I did CCD and yeah. then did, like, communion and confirmation. And we, but I, we, my family didn't really, we went to church, like, twice a year tops. I mean, that's ideal. That, and that was ideal. Yeah. And I always, and even for me, I was like, I can't get out of here fast enough. Yeah. I don't like any of this. No. And I, I was terrified of God and terrified of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I was so scared of offending them. And oh, hurt, yeah. And hurting them. And I couldn't get out of it fast enough. Yeah, I think the first time I masturbated, I said, sorry, God. I said, sorry, I mean, it's just like, it really messes with you. It makes Catholic guilt so real. I had to go to church on Saturday nights. Yeah, you went Saturday like, nights. Well, we went we, hardcore. We would go Sunday mornings when I was younger. But then, like, when I was in high school and stuff, we would go Saturdays. And, like, my mom wouldn't. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Oh. All right. Anyway, yeah. But um, I, I just, the idea of someone being like, you know what I want to do as an adult? Go to Join the Catholic Church. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh my god. And you know, everyone, everyone have your faith and be into it. But right. yeah, to, to want to become a deacon in your adult life is yeah. a little alarming. It's it's intense. It's very intense. Yeah. But you know, wish him the best. It's an interesting move. Like I said, I feel like you can make three moves in Hollywood right now. It's like you either do wellness, like Gwen- Gwyneth Paltrow, and like all the n- name it Watts, all of them, like. All the female actresses are doing wellness. And then I feel like you can also do OnlyFans, like Iggy Azalea and like a lot of those. Uh, Denise Richards are doing OnlyFans. Or you can go the religious route, which is Shia LaBeouf and Kat Von D. Health, talk yeah. About. yeah, health, sex, and religion. There and you that's go. What it is, and that's what it is in this country. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so again, and we had, yeah, because Kat Von D. Yes. Who, I, I mean, I don't know why I love Kat Von D. I think... I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I always like Kat Von D. It's pathetic. I think I like, I like her aesthetics. I think she looks, I love her tattoos. Like, I always thought she looked great. I loved LA Inc. I loved her tattoo reality shows. Mm. And so I saw that she was on, oh, she was on Theo Vaughn's podcast. So I listened to it and she talked about her convert, converting to, she recently converted to, um, she got baptized, excuse me. So she got baptized um, and she moved to Indiana and like, but wow. I mean, I feel like it's not coming from Kat Von D because I feel like <clears throat> nothing is more goth than the Catholic Church. I mean, it's so goth and Kat Von D mm. is so goth. I mean, her house, all of her houses are like Adam's family houses. Like she literally like, she is. Really like, goes for it. She's so Lives goth. It. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, I feel like there's nothing more goth than relics. Do you know about relics in the Catholic Church, which are basically like bones of saints they literally oh keep they keep the bones of saints it's called like a relic Ew. i believe i could be wrong but and then they like you worship the relic and they keep the relics in the church like i feel like there's something so goth like that's more it's goth like, than my chemical romance that is, yeah <laughs> like, that, is, that, is, that is pretty goth you, you have to wonder why we can't just have an urn why does it have to be an actual bone that we want to worship uh, the urns just, urns are already part of the lore yeah. You just get a nice urn and pray to it like your Paul Bear and the Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it should be. I'm disgusted. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's just by you know, relics. It's the melodrama of the Catholic Church, you know, it's like it's 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 very goth, I feel like. So I wasn't surprised that she was getting she converted, but and I actually felt bad for her because she she said she was getting a lot of shit from Christians who are like, You can't be you're like you have tattoos and wow. you're like they're like she's getting Christians a lot were of upset with her yeah they're giving a lot of pushback wow. which is like it's just typical like of course you know like yeah they're, they're the religion that preaches like forgiveness and um acceptance acceptance is actually and like love thy neighbor i'm sorry are those black are you it's, blacking out all your tattoos 
you heathen, get out of here. Jesus hates you. Like, yeah. it's just like, oh, God. Completely why? not completely not practicing what Jesus preached. No. Uh, um, by kicking Cat. Jesus would love Cat Von D, and he would accept her. Absolutely. So, yeah. so all you idiots out there attacking her for finding her religion. Yeah, like, I barely remember anything from religious class, but I'm like, Mary Magdalene, pretty sure she was a prostitute. Jesus was down with her. Like, come on. I failed religious studies in community college, so... (laughs) uh, so. (laughs) There you go. Um, So there it is. But yeah, I was not surprised that Kat Von D um, converted to Catholicism, because, like I said, I just think it's... It's it's very goth. And and she's going through, like, a whole thing of, like, she got sober and uh, she's, like, blacking out a lot of her tattoos that she feels, like, kind of represent her, like, past where she was, like, using. And did I ever tell you – this is a crazy – I am talking a lot today. I don't right. know why. But um, I went to, like – this was in, like, 20 – 2000 – maybe 2008. I, like – this girl I knew knew Kat Von D from, like, L.A. Hmm. And – Kat Von D was, like, dating the guy from Mastodon at the time. Okay. And this girl knew that I was, like, a Mastodon fan. And she, like, begged me to come hang out with Kat Von D and the guy from Mastodon at that bar. Oh, my God. At that bar lit lounge, like, which I I hadn't been to in, like, years since I was, like, in In college. In New York. In New York. Yeah, okay. And so my friend Ben came with me, and we went to, like, hang out hang out with Kat Von D and the guy from Mastodon. It was so awkward. That's wild. It was miserable because the famous people just sat in the corner and I'm not, they were like cuddling. Like, I'm not sure what they were doing. They might have been doing drugs. I don't know. Kat Von D and the guy from Mastodon. Yeah, they were just like cuddling in the corner. And then like my friend who wanted to like hang out with Kat Von D was like kind of hanging out. And then me me and this my friend Ben were just basically sitting by the door just being like, we have to get out of here. Like, we are so, this is just this is crazy and sad it was awful and that's why i was like i will never meet anybody willingly famous like well that's the whole anybody. never meet your heroes you know you know so you're not gonna not gonna like what you see i mean it's just like yeah there's just you just immediately feel like pawn scum you're like god i really like i i mean you just you just like you're like should i just like work here should i just like be working class should i just like get them drinks like what am i doing should i just <laughs> yeah. like can i put just an apron in, on get, go yeah. full british with it and yeah just, you're a server you're the serving class now. yeah it's, it's very apparent but anyway it's so weird oh that's humiliating wild. and weird uh, yeah. yeah i've never hung out with a celebrity so <laughs> that's, uh, I think that's I, I literally the only time and it's pretty cool <laughs> it's pretty you know not out of all celebrities you could have hung out with that's not a bad i, I don't even right think there. it counts as hanging out with her like well, yeah. I, I don't even think i was introduced to them i was just like in this like room this like back room and like it was awful it was wow, awful it was awful wild. and embarrassing and weird not embarrassing but, um, i'm I, i'm i'm not embarrassed for you <laughs> i i think it's cool but yeah and i think you know i think kat von d and the guy from Eston would have uh, liked you if they talked to you well yeah and i think they were both in their like in throes of like a pill addiction at the time so <laughs> 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 i will say they're both like very sober now and i think yeah it would have been a different experience it was but, a different uh, time for all of us in yes. 2008 yes. it was a different time for all of us in 2008 and now if someone asked me to do that i'd be like Hell no, I'm going home. Like I'd do it. I'd <laughs> oh, go out okay. there. I'd go out. I'd be like, I'll hang out with uh, Kat Von D and Mastodon, two people I love. <laughs> yes. Two people I know and love. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so so she got baptized. Yes. Uh, it looked like it was a peaceful and nice ceremony here as she's getting dunked into the water by this mm-hmm. old white man. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird that he puts this cloth over her mouth. Yeah, like, it's like suffocating he's cho- chloroforming her. her. Yeah. He's going to pass pass down. She's going to be locked up in some, uh, you know, like Harry Potter was locked up. 
Uh, <laughs> that's what's going to happen to her. Anyway, if just if I was looking, that's what I would guess happened. But I guess it was, yeah. a, it was a successful baptism. Mm-hmm. And now she's baptized. <laughs> um, yeah. I loved, um, if you watch Housewives, like one of the greatest moments ever in Housewives is when Tamara Judge decides to get bap- adult baptized. <laughs> and she does it at, at like a pool in the Holiday Inn. And then like, <laughs> yes. it's, it's fantastic. And then literally all her guests, she invites so many people to her adult baptism, but she takes so much time from when she gets dunked in the water to, like, redo her hair and makeup, that, like, they're so angry at her. Like, Tamara took, like, three hours to, like, join the party. And it was like just... a cocktail hour you had to wait through. Yeah, and they're just, like, waiting at her dumb adult baptism. And she had, like, <laughs> it, it's it's a great, it's a great, um... I don't think I would attend. If any of my friends got adult baptized, I don't think I would attend it. No offense to any of my friends, but I just think I would decline the invitation. I think that's probably probably correct. I would be curious because no one looks... That's true. Nobody looks cool if you're an adult getting dunked in water by an old priest. No, you gotta hold your nose. Yes, this is crazy. It's completely demoralizing to me. It's just like, it makes... Yeah, it's so strange. Like... I don't know. No, I'm not letting any old man put me in water. Absolutely not. And I would certainly rather go to an adult baptism than a baby baptism, because that's just like people showing off their baby. I mean, that's just like another another baby shower. Like, oh, okay. Like, why am I here? Yeah, no, the adult baptism has a freak show element to it that you're like, all right, I can get into this. The baby baptism is like, why are we torturing this poor Wait, child? So she is literally coloring herself black? Yeah, so she's Whoa, doing... Whoa, what is she doing? Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't... I have a feeling it's going to become trendy. I think mm. Pat Mundy is going to make this more and more trendy. Interesting. Um, but it's interesting, too, because, like, in her, wow, her, her tattoo show, I remember if people showed up with, like, old, crazy, weird tattoos, she would be, like, into them. And she'd be like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to cover it up. It's, like, kind of cool and old... But, you know, people, whatever, everything changes. But I, I think to her, she's just talking about how, like, the her old tattoos, you know, she got them when she was taking drugs and substances. So I okay. think she kind of has, like, a, a bad connection to some of them, I guess. I guess this um, is less painful than getting it zapped off if you have as many tattoos yeah, as she does. And I also think it's, like, a thing in the tattoo world. Like, there's a way to do it where it looks like... I mean, it looks like a tattoo in and of itself. Yeah, of. it's like a whole thing. It, it Yeah, I, I don't think I would ever I mean, the it, sleeves but, look kind of cool. Yeah, um, um, but I like the way she looked with her old tattoos, too, so, you know. No, I like her tattoos. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I feel like, you know, and fuck these Christians who are like, she can't join with tattoos. I know, like, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, that's what she's doing, so she's like kind of, and, and the way she dresses, too, she wears so much black that it almost just like, it just kind of looks like clothing. Wardrobe. Yeah, I, it, I think she looks good. I think she looks good. Yeah, no, so I, I just um, think I was just, it's jarring to see when you first jarring. see it. It's a little jarring, but then the more you look at it, you're like, all right, that makes sense. But she's like a tattoo, that's like her thing, so yeah. I, I think she's going to set, set trends in the tattoo world. I the think, sleeves I think. look cool. I, I think the sleeves look cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I, yeah, so, um, so good for Kaf on D. Fuck those Christians who are giving you shit about, um, yeah, God. Yeah, that's so lame if, wow. if uh, they don't welcome you. That's that's ridiculous. But it is kind of interesting when celebrities find God late in life. You're it, like, oh, okay. It yeah. is It is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, iconic religious figures. Yeah, we got a weird topic here. This yeah, is exciting. This is, um, um, you, you, I think you, you take the lead on this. Okay, one. so my phone uh, recommended this article to me. Sorry, did I just delete all my notes? Nope. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's called the. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. It's called the Cerny Abyss Giant, 
and it's a giant contour line drawing carved into a ground. It looks like the chalk outline of like a dead body on the one order, you know, when they do the outline of the dead body. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It does look like, oh, yeah, God, what is that called? I don't know. I forget what the figure is. But yeah, no, it looks like a chalk outline of a dead figure. Right. But it's instead, it's a gigantic, almost like the size to me of like the quarter, like not an entire football field, but like most of a football field size. Yeah, it's huge. It's gigantic. And it's like a line drawing. It almost, it looks like a chalk outline, but I think it's like carved into the ground. Um... So, in, like, picture a corpse, right? Like, like a, the chalk outline of, like, a, you know, law and order corpse lying on the ground. Except this corpse has a giant erect penis. <laughs> yes. It is. the. I, I mean, the penis goes, like, you see the balls, and it literally goes, like, up into this guy's chest of this drawing. It's a huge erect cock. Yeah, the, the, so the drawing is supposed to be Hercules, uh, right. from what I gather. And the only way to describe this cock and balls is that they are Herculean. Yes. They are Herculean cock and balls, and they are erect, (laughs) sticking up into his stomach. Yes. But then the Herculean, like, staff that he's holding is all squiggly and almost looks like the animation of, like, the Nickelodeon Doug cartoon. It does look like a Doug character. It it looks like Scooter from Doug if he had, like, a giant erection. It's crazy. (laughs) It does. I'm guessing that's supposed to kind of be a sword, like, a weapon that he's wielding. So I guess this is somewhere in the UK, Cerny Abbas in Dorset. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was it was an originally carved as an image of Hercules to mark a um, muster station for the West Saxon armies. Which I guess is just like a place where they would gather and kind yeah, of... Yeah, so, um, sorry. I, I, so, it had previously been thought to have been carved in prehistoric times, but now research shows that it was actually made during the medieval Anglo-Saxon period when the area was under attack by the Vikings in the ninth century. And during that time, there was increased interest in Hercules because, I guess, it was like a symbol of, like... Strength, and yeah. they're all pulling from him to defeat these raping and pillaging Vikings. You got it. Yeah. Um, and so the area where it's where this carving exists, it was a meeting point for the Anglo-Saxon armies because it's near fresh water and an army road, which is called a here path. And that's a great Jeopardy thing to... Because I feel like that's a, that mm. sounds like a Jeopardy question to me, you know? What is a meeting point for armies because it's near fresh water and an army road? What is a here path, you know? What is a here path? Uh, well, sorry. there you go. That's pathetic that I'm... Pr- okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good <laughs> clue, and I'll be sure to keep note of that. That's how my brain works. I'm like, I'll store that for when I'm playing Jeopardy with Justin. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but then what happened was... Um, these uh, monks, so another religious, this is a very religious episode. So what happened was um, these um, monks took over the space and rebranded the giant because they were like, okay, we can't say that like our, where their, the monks' little abbey is, their little church where they live is. They wanted to claim the giant, which is weird, but instead of claiming it, like, like instead of claiming it as what it is, a pagan drawing of a pagan, you know, I don't know if Hercules was a god or if he was like a... One of I the, think the Hercules thing, he's like half man, half Half man, god. half god. So yeah. he's pagan. So mm. these religious monks try to rebrand the giant, not as Hercules, but as a patron saint called Adwold. E-A-D-W-O-L-D. A patron saint with a giant dick. Yeah. Why would the monks want to claim this as religious? <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. Like, this is the whole logic of the church. It never made sense. It was like in the pet, like, so now the church, like, they, what, what they do with these horrible, um, you know, uh, 
predatory priests is they just like, well, we're like, they're like, hmm, what should we do with our priest problem? We'll just relocate them so they can go be pedophiles somewhere else, yeah, right? That's a good them, idea. Yeah. And then back in the day, there, these monks were like, what do we do with this giant cock, you know, drawing of Hercules? Well, we'll say it's Earwood, the uh, patron saint. All right, yeah, that sounds good. It's the saint with the uh, giant penis. It makes no it, sense. It's the most, like, male worship... Of a of a male genitalia, I think I've ever seen. I know was, <laughs> this it, is why it's really wild. It's also crazy that like back in the ninth century, like having a, a, an image of a giant cock was considered like a un, unifying uni, something to unify, a ra- a unify and rally around. Yeah. we're and going and, and, to look at us with our giant cocks. We're going to kill these Vikings that are raping our women and pillaging our villages. Right. And now an exposed giant penis is just considered a sex offender. Like, it's just, there's no good that's going to come out of it. They're like, keep those penises away from us. You know, it's like, yeah. God, it used to it used to inspire armies. And now it's just sends everybody into like a cancel culture spiral. And it's very interesting. It'd be interesting if the, uh, what the reaction would be if this emer- if this was found today. Like, if this was like someone made this today. Yeah. How would, yeah, how would we react to it? Uh, yeah. I would, yeah. It would be like, is it art or is it porn? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be. Yeah, it would be very. Yeah, the patriarchy must burn. I think would probably be the reaction to it. Right. And male worship. Trauma. It's a. It's a I trauma. mean, it looks like. It, but he looks like it could be like a gay icon type thing. I, I yeah. would think it's like a bald man with a giant penis. And he's got some abs painted, what are supposed to be abs what's, painted on. Yeah, what's crazy about the abs is the abs kind of look like a second face on the stomach with, like, the dick yeah, as the nose. I mean, really visually, does. this thing is fantastic. Well, he's got pancake nipples like me. Oh. <laughs> Just, like, giant pancake nipples like I have. You have, uh, nice, you have a nice chest. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't have a nice chest, right, okay, but they are pancake nipples. But they pancake. are giant. They're big nipples. Oh, they're big God. areolas, and that's okay. They're great. I well, th- well, thank you. Anyway. Uh, but, but yeah, and uh, that's what my upper body looks like. <laughs> Just abs that I don't have. And, and you got that big old cock, too. Okay, and, sorry. This is just, well, this has think, gone off the rails. I don't think that. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. Totally. You are the... Jo- no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, but we thought it'd be fun to think of three modern day figures that we would like to see etched into a giant drawing um, somewhere important to unify the people. Is that yeah. the best way to put it? I don't That's know. That's the best way to put it. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first or do... Sure, I'll go first. Or should we go one and one? Let's go and one forth. and one. We'll go back and forth. Okay, All so right. my first pick was to have a giant um, contour drawing of um, Kevin Sorbo, who played Hercules. Oh, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, that's what we um, need. Yeah, who played, because he played Hercules on TV in the 90s. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. And then he got, he, so, but now Kevin Sorbo has gone full kind of MAGA. Yeah, and, he's like a MAGA guy now. Totally, but, yeah, he, he did the voice of Batman in like a Batman <laughs> cartoon, oh, okay. and he's like famously, yeah. Okay, so this is just an update on Kevin Sorbo, because there is one crazy fact in this, in this update. So he He's, he's claiming that Hollywood kicked him out of mainstream Hollywood for being a Christian. So he's, he's really, he's really <laughs> just, that's where he's at. And um, <clears throat> then during the COVID-19 pandemic, I think he got kicked off Twitter or Facebook. And it says, we removed Kevin Sorbo's page for repeatedly sharing debunked claims about the coronavirus or vaccines. <laughs> then Sorbo responded that his posts, um, sorry, then Cor- Sorbo responded that he posts things that doctors say and that Facebook had been, oh, sorry, this is about Facebook. So Facebook had been shadow banning him for a year prior. And then this led to 
just wait for this because this blew my mind. So this kind of like Kevin Sorbo getting kicked off Twitter, I'm sorry, getting kicked off Facebook led to a Twitter war between Kevin Sorbo, Hercules, and Xena, Warrior Princess, wow, Lucy I remember this. Lawless. Yeah, I kind of remember this. Over the Capitol riots. They were, they Over were, the insurrection. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so Lucy taking Kevin to, to school I, I, on social media. I mean, growing up in the 90s, you never thought the guy playing Hercules and the woman playing Xena, Warrior Princess, because those two shows were on at the same time. Yeah, they went back to back, I right? think so. I think so. it was like two hours of television or, or half, like two that. half hours was a television whatever it was you never thought those two would get into a twitter war one day about the uh the capital riots no you, and you would think if they did get into a twitter war it would be like uh like a light-hearted yeah. funny you know maybe anything you can do i can do better type right way. yeah and it's like no they're fighting over the riot at the capitol building when the government was overthrown right that's yeah. what they're actually that's the twitter feud that's what happened yeah because kevin sorbo is he's, is a covid denier yeah he's um <laughs> He's on one side, she's on the other. Xena, Hercules. Xena, Hercules. Yeah. Amazing. That's all right. So that's a that's good my pick. First pick yeah. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. You could see the community rallying around a giant <laughs> <laughs> carving of uh, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Uh, kicked I, out I, of Hollywood for being a Christian. Kicked out, as, as many are. Yeah. Uh, I My first pick was The Rock. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Of course. I was like, who is the most present day Hercules? It's yeah. The Rock. It was The Rock or Jason Momoa. Mm. And I had to go with the, with my guy, The Rock. Obviously. Uh, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, you could do a people's eyebrow within the, <laughs> in the, in the carving. That yeah. would be fun. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the people would really rally around it and get together uh, <laughs> around the uh, The Rock. I mean, The carve. Rock should run for president. I really think he could, like, bring this country together who doesn't like the rock a lot of i think the rock's kind of on a downswing right now oh no unfortunately why? i think people are just kind of sick of him that's ridiculous i agree i yeah. completely agree but you know he's kind of people just kind of like eh, fuck the rock is this a wrestling he's fake is this the wrestling community this or? is the internet the this internet. is just the the obscure internet wow. uh and they think he's like fake and a try hard i'll say this to the internet i think like what is twitter's old slogan was like don't you want to be part of the conversation no i never wanted to be part of the conversation <laughs> i don't really want to be part of most conversations so the internet can think the rock sucks i don't I think no the i love great. the rock he's, yeah. he's my favorite actor uh <laughs> favorite actor favorite celebrity yeah Honored that I got to live and see his entire career. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, 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 so that's my first pick. I nice. think I think The Rock with a you know maybe we get him in his wrestling pose with his arm up and he's got a, the Intercontinental Championship. Wait, sorry. I feel like The Rock is so popular now because that that look of him in the eighties with the turtleneck and the fanny pack. I mean, I don't know. Well, and he's yeah. usually popular. I'm not he's, saying he's really not on a downswing. That's you know, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's just just okay. maybe and whatever. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, he's still the biggest celebrity in the world. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Deservedly deserves a big chalk drawing of yeah. himself. Okay. So my second pick is kind of weird. This is uh, my second pick for the giant um, chalk drawing is uh, Robin Williams. Mm. As Popeye in 1980. <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, so in 1980, there was I think a, Popeye scared me. Thank you, me too. So no. I remember when this movie came out, I mean, I wasn't, whatever, wasn't born, but the, going to the video store when I was little, there would be the box of Popeye, or there would be a, um, you know, either the, the VHS box of Popeye, I would see it, or there'd be a poster or a cutout, and I was always alarmed by the crazy, like, uh. the prosthetic 
uh, forearms that they made for him. Yeah, what the fuck is Popeye? <laughs> I hate Popeye. I don't hate Popeye, but I hate Robin Williams as Popeye because they made these crazy prosthetic forearms for him. They were, so He looks like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, if, if, Robin Williams as Popeye looks like Woody Harrelson. If Woody Harrelson had lymphedema yeah. and his forearms were just unnecessarily swollen, like he just doesn't look well. As And even no. as a kid, I would see it and just be like, that looks scary. I'm not sure what's going on with Robin Williams. He doesn't look okay in this movie. No. Um, yeah, it's just very strange. I don't strange. think that like this pretty brunette woman would fuck Popeye. I, I don't um, like that. Shelley Duvall. Yeah, Shelley Duvall okay, is, is olive oil. But those forearms, they just they they to me, it just looks like he's retaining liquid and his organs are stressed. You <laughs> yes, know? it does look. Yeah, it's not good. It it's looks like good. he has gigantic. So, well, I guess that was the whole thing with Popeye. But I, I really don't like this. I know. It, there's I really something weird like about this. it. I know. Yeah. Even when I was little, I was like, there's a bad vibe there. Um, I don't think the movie was a hit. I don't know who played Bluto. Is that the guy who's like the bad guy? Oh, I'm not um, sure. But um, but anyway, because I think it would make a weird drawing. And I think we could, I think it would, those, you know, those those nasty, bloated forearms would really scare away the enemy. Yeah, it would. That's a warning sign. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to pop our tumor all over you. Oh, gross. And get our tumor liquid on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's a great second pick. Thank you. Uh, I always was freaked out by Popeye. Yeah. And that would be a freaky thing to see in the, in, in, in the grass. Right. Uh, my... My second pick is, of course, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Oh, my God. We get them to signify, I think we're all going to rally around uh, family and independence. Nice. When it comes to them. That's Fam- actually, yeah. Family and independence, that's what the people are going to rally around. And what symbolizes family and independence better than Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? Absolutely. And baby Lilibet and Archie, I think, are their kids. Oh, that's their kids? Yeah. Well, yeah. I did not include the children. I just, <laughs> just Meghan Markle, just Prince Harry. God. Yeah, wow. Popeye got a 5.3 on IMDb and a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Yeah. Who played Bluto? The, like, sorry, now we're just. <clears throat> Paul L. Smith. Huh. Oh, okay. Oh, I've this seen guy. that guy. He's this been around. This is the guy from, uh, I think it was in Rocky, right? Uh, is yeah. This, the, yeah. The, this is the guy who's the brother in Rocky? Yeah. Right? I think so. I think so. I think so. Maybe not. <clears throat> no, it does not look like he was in Rocky. All uh, right, then. Yeah. This is a great... So now you guys know that. So we've, we've learned that. Um, so all check right. out Paul L. Smith uh, <laughs> and his IMDb to figure out what movies he was in. Not in Rocky. Yeah. Okay. Um, my third pick, obviously, is um, Bill, I Miss His Big Dick Hater. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Big Dick Bill. We don't know if this drawing is actually not of Hercules, not of a patron saint, <laughs> but actually of Bill Big Dick Hater. Um, Rachel Bilson, if you don't know, uh, dated him. And then on her podcast, they asked her, what do you miss most about Bill Hader? And she was like, I miss his big dick. I mean, Rachel Bilson famously cannot have orgasms, yeah. but misses that big dick of Bill Hader. It's very confusing. And <laughs> thanks a lot. And with all due respect to Ali Wan and Bill Hader, very cute comedy couple, wishing them all the best. Way to go, Ali. Um, yeah, way to yeah. go, Ali. But, go. Um, but, you know, yeah, that, that's... It's hard to see Bill Hader without thinking about that it's, now. And I blame Rachel for that. It's a disease now. It's all I can... Yeah, anytime I see Bill Hader, I'm like, big dick. Okay. Uh, um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, no. You know, you don't want that idea. I mean, I guess if you have a really big one, it doesn't matter. But, it's uh, not the worst. 
you know, it's not the no. worst thing, but I'm sure he's like... I just feel like it sets ex- an expectation that now you're going to have to live up to. Yeah. And I also just think it's like, it's such a double standard. It's like, if if a guy was like, I miss her tiny tight pussy, it would be like, he'd be killed for it. But a girl could be like, I miss his big dick. Yeah. Like, or, hey, come on. Y- y- just don't talk about yeah. your ex's dick. I think it's kind of trashy. Yeah. If a guy said, I just, I, yeah, exactly. I miss her pussy and her tits. Yeah. People would be like, gross. Get a, don't you miss her brain? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Um, well, you have to imagine Bill and uh, Rachel, maybe they did not have the best mental connection. Uh, maybe they did, though. Uh, and it's something we'll never know. No. Well, my third pick is Ellen DeGeneres. Oh my, <laughs> my third pick is Ellen DeGeneres. We'll get her dancing on the hill with her like dead, oh dead expression, her dead face as she dances. Uh, and I think that would scare people away. Yeah, totally. And who is uh, more, yeah, who is more intimidating than the Ice Queen herself? <laughs> yeah. Ellen DeGeneres, the most cutthroat celebrity who's ever existed. Yeah, the evil queen of nice. The evil queen of nice. I love Ellen. What, what's uh, going on with Ellen? What's she up to now? Is she, she retired? No, she can't be. No. Wait, what's Ellen doing? Is she right just now? taking a break before she makes her comeback? I don't know. Is she going to do stand up again? I would love to see her do stand up yeah. again. I, I think she's very funny on stage. Um, I remember her Gogurt. Although, I don't know if she wrote that special. Because I feel like I remember hearing like Karen Kilgariff talk about how I think she got writers for her special. But that's okay. A lot of those big celebrities did um, get writers for their, for their special. But um, looks like she's still kind of doing the Ellen show, at least on YouTube. Oh. So it looks like that might still be going on. Really? So she does a YouTube Ellen show? That's nuts. Well, I don't. I mean, it might just be the Ellen show and then... Uh, Sorry, Sue, I can't get the Wi-Fi. Because this is her and her wife, Portia, are answering advice questions. And this is on the Ellen show's YouTube account. Okay, so she's just kind of like creating content. Well, it seems like she's just still... Right, we don't need to read this ad. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> just... Uh, yeah, so that's a commercial for uh, Verizon. So get uh, Verizon. It's a good phone service. I use it. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was fun. That was weird. Uh, and uh, speaking of fun and weird, I'm ready to move on. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I is... think that's. I think we said all we can say about the Cerny Cerny giant cock, Abyss giant uh, giant yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, so this might not be the smartest thing we've ever done, Ooh. but we decided to watch the Smartless documentary. Well, it's a it's like how many docu series? Docu series, sorry. The docu series Smartless on the Road. Um, we got into it last night. Yeah, because it's like this really pretentious black and white um, docu series about the podcast, which neither of us are fans of, and neither of us have ever listened to. No, I've never listened to it once, and never. I never will. But it, it it appears to have like taken over the world. This this podcast it's is selling so huge. out, selling out giant theaters, giant theaters. And so we were like, let's. What is this black and white documentary all about? And we watched the first episode, and I still feel like I'm listening to Smartless. Except you know, I, I don't dislike. It's Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, uh, their podcast. I don't dislike any of them. All but, legitimately funny, funny people. Yeah, but then, but just smartless is, whoa. So, yeah, so we watched the documentary, and um, it starts off promising. Like, it started off, I was like, ooh, I can see what Will Arnett's car is, because they mm. he, like... They all, they all drive to this private plane. Yeah, and so at first you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to see, like, an inside look about these you know, three very rich, talented, successful comedians. And then after I was like, ooh, cool, Will Arnett's car, I was like, they will not stop bantering. 
the bantering no. is non-stop. No, it, to me it felt like it was it was there was so much banter that I was like this feels conceptual. Like they're <sighs> making us like listen to an episode of Smartless, but it's like while it's being filmed for a docu series. Yeah, so it's almost like touring. Smartless yeah. on the private plane. Yeah, Smartless as they drive around DC. When I say Smartless, I mean Smartless the podcast. They are never not podcasting. No. Smartless while they're riding around scooters, riding DC around DC in scooters. I mean, and they're and they're banter. It, it, yeah, and it also started off promising because they kind of start by doing an improv game like before the live show. Mm. And and I mean, I will watch people do improv games rather than watch them improv. Like there's something about adults playing these kind of like camp games. Well, hey, who's that, eyes it anyway? Short form improv is it, yeah, you know, not I, a bad watch. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean improv games. I meant warm up games. Yeah. They do the warm up. They were doing Hotspot, a little bit of a version of Hotspot is where you sing you sing a song, even if you don't know the song. Like, they were kind of doing that. Um, yeah. I, I would watch a documentary of just like famous people playing improv games. Like, could you imagine them people just doing Bunny Bunny? Bunny, 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 bunny. bunny, bunny, bunny. bunny. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy. Tiki-taki, <Like, laughs> tiki-taki. Zumba. Yeah and, it's, um, yeah, and then it would be like George Clooney. I would love to see George Clooney play bunny. That's bunny. what I'm saying. I, yeah. I think there's something there. Yeah. Um, it's entertaining and it's weird. It's almost like watching adults at summer camp playing games. It's very strange. So I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But then you're like, oh, my God, the improv game never ends. And it's like every night is Herald night. Every the, yeah, the improv, they don't let the ball drop. If the camera is on them, they're doing they're bantering. It's like it's nonstop. Nonstop. Usually, and it's it's like Jason Bateman won't stop making jokes about his diet. I know, and I had this horrible, horrible, horrible revelation during this documentary that I'm a little bit like Jason Bateman. You're a little bit like Jason Bateman in the finicky eater. Like, okay, so there was one part. <laughs> wait, so the, there's a lot of bantering about how Jason Bateman is like very. Um, he has very particular um, things that he eats. Like he's gluten free, obviously. Like, mm. and he's having a lot of anxiety about going away and having to ask people for very like specific orders of food. And I'm not like that, but there was a part where Sean Hayes says to uh, Jason Bateman, he goes, um, I'm kind of hungry. Are you hungry? And then um, Jason Bateman goes, um, I just ate some rice cake, so I'm okay. And I was like, we have literally had that conversation <laughs> on vacation where like, especially if we're traveling together, like, I just feel like I'm a very strange eater where I just, yeah, like I literally could eat a bag of chips and not eat for like eight hours. Like, like, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I'm no, a sh- that's, a, that's a meal for you. Yeah, like, I'm, I don't know what it is. And me, but... I'm just eating constantly, and I'm like, I need a meal right now. <laughs> yeah. I need to go out to eat right now. <laughs> yeah, we're very different, but I was like, oh, my God, am I like Jason Bateman, who's just, like, annoying? And it's like, oh, actually, I had a rice cake, so I'm full. I was well, like, oh. You know, I will give you credit for you at least don't then joke about it for no. for 20 minutes. Exactly. But I was like, oh, God, I'm, like, annoying Jason Bateman, who was just, like, is, <laughs> is like, eating rice cakes. And Jason then... Bateman also was getting off on that. Yeah. Like, the idea idea of being a picky eater and caring about his diet and yeah yeah, like he like gets off on it yeah Um, i I spent the whole episode imagining jason bateman uh wears a toupee i was just i was just imagining the entire time we were watching that 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 was a hairpiece on jason bateman so another thing i related to jason bateman about not sorry not the toupee thing but he floss he flosses his teeth like after every meal and Mm. i like compulsively brush my teeth which is not good because the dentist says i overbrush you wear your gums down. I know. I I have. You it's do. bad. You wear your gums it's down. It's really bad. But um. So I was like, oh god, I'm even like him, where I kind of like compulsively have to like 
brush after I eat, and I was just like, oh, I'm like awful, annoying Jason Bateman. Oh my god, I want to no, be like, is, I want to be Will Arnett. This smart, smartless episode one has caused an existential crisis in I our know. household. No, I'm fine. I'm not like him, God, because because I would never, yeah. And also, I'm the kind of eater too, where like, because I'm a vegetarian, I, I do kind of eat weird, but I will like to be polite. I'll eat whatever. I'll I'll figure it out. Like I will never. Like, I'll, I'll make do. Like, I can also eat, like, I think because I'm a vegetarian and I grew up, like, there was never any food for me to eat. And that's why if I eat a rice cake, I'm full. Like, I've had... Yeah, you, I, you've I, gotten I, through many a party on, like, a dinner roll. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've survived on dinner rolls for most of my life, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's probably why. Anyway, okay. Um, um, yeah, I that the thing that stuck out most for me during the whole... Uh, because then it got to like Will Arnett's order when they were like the the, oh, the, yeah. whole, the food thing it was like a twenty minute bit. So they're ordering food on a private plane. Which or- yeah, we did, I didn't even realize. I thought they were looking up food to order when they got off the plane. But I guess a private plane is so fancy, you can get like a full cooked meal on the plane. Like, yeah, like, I mean, like I guess fancy. if you're if you're this if you're smartless status, yeah. you can get yeah. Because Will Arnett got a steak and a salad. And, yeah. like, Jason Bateman had, like, a problem with it. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was like, I can't watch these guys. So the dynamic appears to be that, like, Bateman and Arnett are, like, the alphas who kind of, like, always go at each other. And then Sean Hayes is, like, the, not the straight I man mean, to it, them. It but... is kind of Jax Taylor, Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz. Wow. It really, it's like. That's a really good point. It's like Jason Bateman is Sandoval, I'd say. Will Arnett is Jax. Yeah. And then <gasps> Sean Hayes is, uh, uh. Schwartz. That is brilliant, Justin. That's yeah. that's why that's who I think they most relate as. Yes, I I relate them as at least. I related um, Sean Hayes to Kirk Hammett in Metallica in some kind mm. of monster. Oh, that's a good one too. Of it, like Lars, uh, who's the lead singer? Um, James James Hetfield. Hetfield. Yeah, because yeah. at one point in some kind of monster, um, it's like it's always Lars and Hetfield going at each other. And at one point, they interview Kirk Hammett, and he's like, "Yeah." I, because of, um, there's a lot of egos in the band, so (laughs) I spend a lot of my time trying to, like, tamp down my ego. And then just shows him, like, surfing and, like, riding a horse. He's the guy with the long hair, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's a, he's, I think he's, like, the lead guitarist or whatever. But I was like, oh, man, when are they going to give, um, Sean hate, Sean, is it? Sean Hayes? What's his name? Sean Hayes, yeah. Okay, Sean. I wrote Sean William Scott in my phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that would be an interesting third wheel to that podcast. God, yeah. But I, I was like, when is Sean Hayes going to get a confessional so he can talk what it, talk about <laughs> what it's like to be in the middle of these two alpha comedians who will not stop, like, who won't even come up for air sometimes. Nah, Sean, and, Sean Hayes is just, like, constantly just, like, having to walk away and eat a rice cake. Yeah. To, to deal with this. It's, yeah, he, he does seem to be, like, kind of compulsively eating sweets to deal with these too because like you know i'm like just let sean hayes like sing a song like let him do something he's like really talented and funny and he's just sitting in the back kind of like waiting for these two to stop yeah Um, (laughs) yeah that's how i was like oh god um yeah i also thought there was a bit of a fashion war between um oh uh will arnett and jason bateman like because i feel like will arnett was constantly doing a popped collar jacket popped wow he was and i feel like bateman always did a scarf wow it's yeah the the neck flare yeah that they go well then there was the thing where they got into a fight over uh who is it was like jason bateman was like told sean hayes he was like you can't wear those shoes because i'm wearing those shoes 
And I wore them first. Jason Bateman. And then Will and I was like, it doesn't matter. Right. (laughs) And again, like, we don't even know if this is really, I I really don't know how these three people interact with each other because they're never not performing. Yeah, no, you were like, where does the, where does this start and end with like, what is scripted? What's not scripted? What is, yeah. It's hard to tell. It just seems like they're always doing the podcast while this documentary is going. They're always on and, and and literally, there's a bit the, the time they spend of these three people in the plane in this private plane on their way to Washington D.C. They spend a lot of time on this plane, and so you kind of feel trapped on the plane with them. And I got the same anxiety I got while watching um, Leave the World Behind, the movie yeah. about the end of the world. I was just like, I feel like I'm trapped, and I feel like things are going to go bad, and I <laughs> I need to get out of this plane. You yeah, know? no, they did they did put you through the experience of being stuck on a private plane with the smartless guys and yeah. having to listen to them banter. Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah, I yeah we were we were like you know drinking and smoking a little bit watching this last <laughs> night, and at a certain point the episode just became completely became white noise to me yeah i was just like i don't know anything that's going on or what they're saying and i could be put to sleep by this yeah i agree it might be a disrespectful thing to say but no it's just it's also really crazy how huge this podcast is i mean they're like selling out theaters people are screaming theater in covid masks i guess this was like <laughs> yeah i guess they were filming it had to have been right as with live performances came back yeah like like when venues had live performances there was still like mask mandates so that everyone in the audience is wearing masks i mean unless they were doing a drew barrymore thing where they were just having their audiences wear masks way beyond anyone else was i don't know um but, drew barrymore, but she had the yellow thing going so i don't know <laughs> we don't know we, we don't, don't know, know. yeah we're, we're industry standard masks drew barrymore so we're trying to compare <laughs> and then the crazy part so they finally get to dc where they're going to do a live show and you're like okay maybe now we'll get a break from like the constant performing when they actually have to perform on stage and it is i did feel like there was a finally a break because now they actually had to perform in front of a live audience yeah yeah and so you get a bit of a reprieve because they're like there's the live you're not the only audience anymore yeah which is a relief yeah and then they bring out will ferrell and we were like so excited we're like thank god God. No, Will Ferrell needed to come out. Thank yeah. God. And I was like, I think I said, I was like, God, Will Ferrell's, I was like, Will Ferrell is like, if, if Chris Farley didn't die, he's just like the funniest guy. He really guy. is. It's like, the, if you wanted to ever do like, a, oh, what would Chris, Farley, he would just be Will Ferrell. Like they, Kinda. but I think they'd have the same career where. Yeah. Like, or just like the same, like, he's just so funny. You're always so happy to see them. Like, yeah. They're yeah. funny when they walk. It's like annoying. Yeah. They're so funny. Even just their physical presence is funny. Yeah. Um, so we we're like, oh God, thank God. Will Ferrell's here. But then even the Will Ferrell bit got, like, bad. It wasn't <laughs> no, great. It didn't save anything. It wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, no, it was kind of depressing. this is what ruined it. So Will yeah. Ferrell is being funny, because I don't think he can not be funny. Like, he is being funny, but what made it not funny was that the smartless guys were just repeating whatever he said. They were like, if, if Will Ferrell said, I'm really trying to be uh, an asshole this year, they're like, oh, he's really trying. It would always get oh. good to Will and Ed being like, he's really trying to be an asshole this year. Oh, really trying. Not trying. Really trying. And you're like, oh my God, we know what's funny about it. Shut up. Yeah, um, it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're going to try to stick with the series. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know how many more. Conan is the next episode. I think we should watch the Conan I want to see least. what they did with Conan on stage. Because that's going to be a meeting of the minds. Yeah. The hardcore. Um, I listened to Heather, McDonald, uh, pod- Heather McDonald's podcast, Juicy Scoop. And she told a story about um, going to like some podcast like Upfronts or something like that. Which is where you go. Like a networking event for yeah, podcasts. Yeah, for ad- like right? you meet yeah. advertisers. 
basically and like you kind of like schmooze with advertising advertisers okay. to go on your podcast and she said that conan showed up i don't know if i should be telling this story she told it on her podcast so i'm not repeating you're giving anything. her credit i'm not repeating anything out of i hope but um she said that like conan came and just like scooped up all the advertisers and was like let's go to the bar i'm buying you drinks this is diabolical i know this is insane and it you know it makes it makes a lot of sense yeah. I mean, like conan is another one who's like been at the top of the industry forever yeah and, and, we and that's how we got there I think one of our, we had COVID together. We got COVID at the same time once. And we, I think one of the things we watched while we were sick together was Conan's um, documentary about when he got. God, yeah, that um, was one of our COVID watches. What is it? Is it called like Never Stop Stopping? It was like Conan Across America, Never, something like that. Yeah, like. And it's. His his documentary about the the live stage stage show that he put on when the like, whole thing happened with his talk show and yeah it, when he it, lost the Tonight Show it is just like a theater of male ego just, <laughs> I mean, it's like or just or just like performer ego like it's just like this guy who's just like been at the top and now is kind of like in this shakier position but still like he's just a maniac it's just a bit of a maniac yeah just, yeah just interesting but, yeah it's, um, it's so we're interested to see what he does with smartless and yeah. how how they all compete on stage i mean yeah i feel like those guys aren't gonna get a word in with with conan and now, I feel like conan's gonna take over because anyway and it's gonna yeah well you know we'll so there, was a, there was a reverence for will ferrell from the smartless guys that i don't think it'll be the same thing with conan Maybe, yeah I guess, but i guess it will be conan's a legend so yeah I mean, I love. I used to love the the, the, oh, the best, and I love Conan. Yeah, I, like I'm, you, know, you know, I'm saying like diabolical crazy, but like I love Conan. So, yeah, 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 and also respect his diabolical craziness because it got that's him successful. I, exactly, that's <laughs> like, something so, I can never do. Yeah, with never, all due respect yeah. to your diabolical craziness, yeah. sir. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, it was interesting. And yeah, I just like, even Will Arnett said, like, after the show, he's just like, who are these people showing up for this? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> that was my big thought, too. Was, yeah. yeah. And it was nice to hear Will Arnett say it. Yeah. Because, like, who, who is buying this many tickets? It's it's an entire theater. Like, that's what I, was, I feel like the two big draws of, of theaters are, like, Trump rallies and Smartless. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I would never go see a live podcast. I've done it a few times, and I think the last yeah. time I went, I was like, "This, why am I doing this? Um, what did I, I? I saw how did this get made live? But but somebody like invited me, and it, it was kind of fun actually. Seeing that podcast live was actually really fun. Yeah, I mean, actually, maybe um, I'm trashing too much because they're yeah, that would be fun to see Jason Mitzergis and Paul Shear. They're so funny, yeah. and June Diane Raphael. Let's not forget, yeah, um, she was so funny, and yeah. it was about the movie A Devil's Advocate. And I almost asked a question, but I didn't because wow. I wanted to know. Um, at one point in the movie. Um, Charlie Theron says, um, they took my ovaries, Kevin. <laughs> they took my ovaries. It's like the best part. I think I wanted to ask like June Diane if she could like imitate that. I don't know. But thank God I did. Comedy boom. Comedy boom. I, I, I didn't do it. Thank God. You, you know, know it, was, it was a different time. It's a different time. Yeah. Uh, you were a younger person. And hey, there's always yeah. a next time. Maybe we can go to some live show and ask a question. No, no. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. <laughs> I, I feel like I have seen other live podcasts, but. I think that was the only uh, anyway whatever yeah, okay. um, yeah. but um interesting yeah smartless stock and it's in black and white you know so it's like very uh, yeah the black and white with like the white lettering of like whatever city they'd be in yeah. that was like wow okay nice bill burr here we have right. bill burr here yeah it's very comedy special black yeah, and white yeah you know comedy noir whatever but um all right yeah that's our that's our episode so <laughs> get out of here in a little will and grace oh yeah sean, sean hayes, hayes. in his prime yeah um so this is entertainment entertainment and entertaining 
conversation about entertainment with comedians Jessica Bangmar and Caitlin McKee. This is just such a nice <laughs> theme song to go out on. All right, listen. <laughs>